Welcome to the now playing Halloween retrospective series. Only trying to give America a good show. Hosted by Stuart. I spent eight years trying to reach him, and then another seven trying to keep him locked up. Arnie. I prayed that he would burn in hell, but in my heart, I knew that hell would not have him. And Brock. One must remember not to be fooled by his calm, unassuming facade. You know, it's Halloween. I guess everyone's entitled to one good scare, huh? Due to the current release of Rob Zombie's new Halloween movie, H2, we will be watching and reviewing all of the films in the Halloween series. These eyes will deceive you. A warning, these conversations will be spoiler-filled, and as the movies are R-rated, there may be some objectionable language. Every other word you say is either hell or shit or damn. Trick or treat, motherfucker! Today we're talking about Halloween Resurrection. This is Brock, co-host of Now Playing. Stewart in L.A. Arnie, host of Star Wars Action News, the Star Wars Collecting Podcast, also host of Republic Forces Radio Network, the Star Wars Clone Wars Animated Series Podcast. You can find them both at SWActionNews.com. So last we saw Michael Myers, he lost his head. So how do you resurrect a character who has been decapitated? Well, first of all, you have Mustafa Akkad produce it. <laughs> Uh, Mustafa, this is, we, I just want to bring up the fact that this is the last go for Mustafa. It's the last Halloween movie he ever made. And he uh, was killed in some kind of Al-Qaeda altercation uh, in the early part, right? Did they there. see this movie? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if they target him specifically because of this. It's a plausible theory. <laughs> But I feel like this really was, rather than a resurrection, a memorial on all that he wanted to do with it. Well, I did some research, and it turned out that the Weinsteins were happy to move on from Halloween and not bring back Myers and continue the series Myerlessless. Myerless. Mm -hmm. But unmired. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but Mustafa was there holding the banner saying, remember Halloween 3, remember Halloween 3. And thus, Meyer came back. And no one did. And then they went back and watched it and went, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and so we get one of the worst retcons in history. And for those who aren't familiar with the term, retcon means retroactive continuity, meaning we're going to go back and change shit. <laughs> and so Jamie Lee did not behead Michael Myers, but instead Michael conveniently crushed the thorax of an EMT and swapped clothes with him. And thus, the person who we saw being loaded into the ambulance at the end of the last movie just happened to be a similarly shaped EMT who then Jamie Lee beheaded. Fooled you! <sighs> you know, All right. You know, they didn't even check for the tattoo on his wrist. If they checked for the tattoo on his wrist, they would know. <laughs> he had laser tattoo removal between six and seven, <laughs> don't you remember? Oh, he got I out totally of that cult. It was really lame. It was so 90s. <laughs> The nighttime was not the right time. <laughs> I mean, of all the ways, Michael Myers had the forethought to think, I don't know, I think my sister's going to steal this van when we go outside. <laughs> Maybe I should just run away now. Because, you know, Michael Myers is known for running away. Well, he did at the end of 6. He's, in the producer's cut, he stole the black man's clothes. The black clothed <laughs> man, not a black man. <laughs> <laughs> 
does blackface and he runs away. <laughs> Mammy. Yeah. Okay. There's this is getting no. weirder and weirder. This. Um, can I just say, even if we accept the incredibly difficult implausibility of what they're asking us to do, this is really very sad for me. I had uh, what I will only describe as an Alien 3 moment watching this, which is that they've taken characters I like and then started out immediately by murdering them. And like everything that you liked about the last one, dead. Makes me sad. And and that's the, the honest to God truth that I can say about this was that the last movie ended on such a moment of personal triumph for Jamie Lee Curtis and for her character that to see this now become oops, she accidentally beheaded the wrong person, went crazy, and now we can watch her die. Not where I wanted to go. No, because you're right. At the end of the last movie, she'd overcome so much that to find her in a mental institution where her brother had been for so many years, is it, it's not fulfilling. Mm-hmm. And not to mention, of course, they gave her the bad wig again. They gave her yeah. from two. And I'm there's, like, oh my god. Yeah, there's lots of brushes uh, in this opening that are re- reminiscent of the other movies. And I would like to say it is the most interesting part of the whole movie. Uh, for for all my complaints about how I didn't want to go there, I do think it's the best crafted Certainly the best acted and the most captivating of the 80 some odd minutes uh, of Halloween Resurrection. But I still think it shouldn't have happened. I mean, it doesn't make any sense to me how if she's locked up in a mental institution, she actually has a trap set up for him on the roof. That he just happens to step right into. It's just the whole thing is completely implausible and goes against the character that we saw go so far in the last movie. Right away, this movie feels like a giant step back. Yes, it is the best part of the movie because we have feelings for this character of Laurie Strode. But to see her get murdered by her brother is completely unsatisfying considering that we've seen her escape from him how many times. As, and not just not even talking about the whole she's come so far as a person in the last movie. But just the fact that this is the ultimate survivor of, of Michael Myers. And, and to kill her in that way so stupidly. Oh, I got to make sure it's him. Dude, he's going to grab your hands. He's going to grab you. He's not knocked out. He's hanging upside down. I'm thinking to myself, why is she this stupid? Because Lori is not that stupid before. And so the whole thing just reeked of this doesn't make much sense for who we know Lori Strode is at all. It drove me nuts. Uh, it's totally out of character with the Halloween series, but I would like to point out it is completely in character of another horror franchise which they are much more clearly emulating now, Scream. And Scream always started off their movie by having the biggest star murdered in the beginning. So I feel like that was the tradition they were trying to continue. Not a Halloween tradition, but a tradition of big guest star entrance, grab the audience, and then launch off into new characters and a more hip, youthful take on it all. And let me just say that they weren't going to get Jamie Lee Curtis back for sequel after sequel. And even if they did, you'd get tired of seeing the same dynamic played out. The only escape for her is death. As long as the franchise continues, you know, you can only have her win so many times. And I personally would rather have them spend 20 minutes of this movie and close that chapter rather than have her again killed off screen in a car wreck. Yeah, 
And uh, you know what? I will say this. Uh, I'll, I'll repeat this. I think once you get past the fact that you don't want this to happen, I think that they executed it fairly well in the sense that it begins with a monologue rolling into a door I thought was very nice. I, Jamie Lee Curtis is giving a good performance. It's nice to see her sort of face the demon again. I don't know. I know I'm stretching here, but... The kiss on the lips was weird. I thought it was weird, but effective. I mean, her final moment is that she has ensnared Michael in a trap and is so haunted by the fact that she decapitated an EMT worker with a crushed <laughs> larynx that she has to make sure, and we have to do this game that we have to do in everyone, which is we have to take off the mask. All right. Let me ask you this. Would she even know what he looks like? Yes. <laughs> if she took that mask off, what does she think he looks like? She yeah. doesn't know. I mean, she saw him 20 years earlier. Yeah. She saw him in a dream. No, by she the way. took off his mask. Remember in part one? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then she had some dream of him as a youthful child in an institution. But she doesn't know what he looks like. And God knows his 40-something-year-old body has been scarred, burned, and disfigured. There is no way that she's going to be able to have this confirmed unless she takes off the mask and it's like the caretaker that's been feeding her pills. (laughs) But barring that, I don't know what that hope to accomplish, but we have to always do the let's take off the mask thing. Sure enough, they're both dangling off the side of the institution. He stabs her. She kisses him, wishes him well in hell, and then falls in slow motion into blackness. In some ways, it's effective, but it is obviously weird and out of character. And you're just left wondering, okay, so now what? What did this mean for Michael to spend all of these decades, decades, pursuing his sister? Now she's dead. What's he going to do? And more importantly for me is it really, I know he was probably off of filming Pearl Harbor, but the last movie was so much also about her son and the fact that the son is never mentioned, no pictures of the son. It's just Jamie alone in the asylum. It really made it undermine the last movie i think actually yeah. i think there is a picture of josh hartman in the room oh, but i, don't, I missed don't, it <laughs> yeah it's it was a fly, i think it was a pan quick shot they also have in the asylum they have plenty of workers there who provide <laughs> exposition um and then they have the um john wayne gacy guy who is obsessed with serial killers did either one of you think that we're going to go back the next day and he's going to be michael myers that day and walk around with michael myers and they'll play the old bait and switch up is it michael myers for real or is it michael myers or whatever because they did mention all oh, the security camera oh look it's that guy he's now he's you know in a mask again let's get him back in his room whatever but i thought if they were going to use that character well they could have had that mix-up and made it play a little bit more and have a little more fun with it but instead it was pretty linear and i thought that was a missed opportunity they did not share a same body type i don't think that would have worked <laughs> well that's yeah. what I, I kind of, I'll admit, I kind of like that character. He's not there for much other than to provide an initial fake out for who is this person walking around in the halls. And he provides a history for people that are stepping into the Halloween series uh, eight movies in now and haven't seen any prior to know who this guy is because right. he loves all serial killer. He's dressed up as John Wayne Gacy. And once he sees Michael, he recognizes him. Michael actually hands him his bloody knife after he's done doing uh, Laurie. He's like, oh, he was like okay. a 
a fan. He was like he gave a fan a prom. Yeah, it yeah, it definitely joke. had that yeah. moment. But that, yeah. Uh, yeah, him. And then as Michael's walking away, this uh, crazy recites all of his major accomplishments, and where everyone's up to speed and wondering what next. I would like to note that all of his major accomplishments included nothing from Halloween four through six. Yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was specifically stated he disappeared for twenty years after the night of Halloween two. I, I just yeah. want to also point out accomplishments, um, deeds. Accomplishments would be like you know presidents of the science club. Like, he's not accomplishments. He, what he's known for. They're accomplishments to him. He worked hard yeah. at that. Yeah, it's a, it's it's a personal best. The infamy is what we're talking about. Things that he's famous for that he shouldn't be. Horrible yes. things. Okay, fine. Now we're about to go into the rest of the movie, but would it have been more interesting <laughs> had the movie stayed? in the insane asylum and Ben Michael you know them trying to capture Michael after finding Lori's body or something and just keeping it to there so at least that opening had something to do with something rather than being a complete non sequitur for the danger tainment that is coming maybe no I, I disagree Arnie I would not want to spend another moment in the asylum I think it just works very well as a short film just as this is what happened this is the end the end. So if you'd cut 20 minutes out of H2O and put this 20 minutes in, we'd have a really strong movie. Uh, it wouldn't be yes, a good ending it's to It's not H2O. a good ending, exactly. With the Inception itself, the problem is that they are setting out to kill someone that I don't want them to kill. And now they've really set themselves up for how do we top ourselves now that the whole thrust of the movie uh, has ended. You know, I, I argued from the first podcast that Halloween has always made sense to me as the story of one girl trying to avoid Michael Myers. Now she's taken out of the, the equation and it's just Michael Myers all the time. The only thing I can think of that they might have wanted to retain from this setup is that they could they missed an opportunity to an, introduce a new Loomis. That there could have been a psychiatrist, a therapist, uh, someone who has an understanding for the realm of evil and psychology that could have been running around in the later part of the movie. Arnie, you make a good point, though, that Josh Hartnett is not to be seen. Why couldn't they have recast the role and then Michael still goes after his family? The biggest thread we have throughout the, all the Halloween movies is that Michael's going after his family. Well, this time he's not. And no. so it's the first time for that, too. Right. They're abandoning so, that. They really wanted to kill that. By killing off Lori, they're killing off that whole idea. Not that she doesn't have step cousins and uncles <laughs> and adoptive <laughs> children that she sent money to in Cambodia that she's helping to raise via Sally Struthers. All of that, sure, you can always find connections to people, six degrees of separation, whatever. What they're saying is we're no longer going to chase after her DNA. The Josh Hartnett character could have been the new Van Helsing, too. You killed my mother, I'm going to hunt you. Well, I think we can all agree that Josh Hartnett didn't make a strong impression in H2O, so I'm not missing him. No. Again, no. I think we're grasping at straws at ways we could have made this better because instead what we get is Busta Rhymes karate chopping Michael Myers. Yeah, but what we really have here is a franchise that's running scared because it just got shown up by three kids who went out into the woods and made more money than Halloween. I mean, Halloween was one of the most successful independent films ever made. And then 20 years later, Blair Witch Project comes out. I blame the Blair Witch Project for this movie's existence. There's no doubt about it. It's, it's evident. It's very clear that they are intimidated by that style of 
of horror and that they were going to do their best to co-opt it and bring it into Michael Myers. My feeling is, personally, that they took a spec script, a script that was just written by somebody about anonymous people in a house doing a Blair Witchy thing and said, let's make this Halloween. Because there's almost no other connection to Halloween in it. If it weren't Michael Myers doing the deeds, you would not think that this was a Halloween movie. That's a good point. You know what? I'm going to accept the fact that this is where we're going, even though I don't like it, because that's what I have to do, and just try and appreciate it as an exercise in Blair Witch Horror. And I got to say, it still fails. It still fails when you look at it just as a reboot with Michael Myers now in a reality-based horror environment. Here's the thing that kills me, though, is with H2O, they took their time. They got Jamie Lee back. They took a couple years in between the movies. They figured out what they could do to make Halloween relevant again. And so they took it out of the murk that was Halloween 6, The Curse of Michael Myers, and just said, all right, 3 through 6 don't happen. Let's make a sequel to 2 and bring it back to a good level. And then how can you put all of that planning into H2O and then immediately just shoot it all to hell with resurrection like this? Because this is so stupid. And you know why. You know, I know why. why. I know Mustafa exactly why. Akkad. Yeah, it made so much money. They had to come back with another movie, and they just didn't care what it was. They were going to cash in on the success of the first one. They didn't care what If you what see they had. any kind of uh, interviews or anything with Cod ever, he makes it very clear that Michael will never be stopped because Michael makes him money. And I did actually watch uh, making of all the first Halloween movie documentaries, and Mustafa was there, and he was told by somebody they should hire Busta Rhymes, and he went to his 14-year-old son because he had no clue who Busta Rhymes was, and the 14-year-old was like, Busta Rhymes! Yes! So that's why we got what we got was Mustafa's son. Just Arnie, well, for those those listeners who are listening to this who may not be familiar with Busta Rhymes, can you tell them what song he's most known for, et cetera, et cetera? No, I can't. I know him he, just because he's uh, been in a couple other movies and a Pepsi ad. I have one song of his, which is a remake of Knight Rider's theme song that's on the Can't Hardly Wait soundtrack. He was in Finding Forrester. I mean, this guy's around, but he's no Snoop Dogg. I've actually uh, seen him in concert. Oh, really? I really have. Um, he was terrible. He was very lame. He had no energy. His big song, you're going to have to stretch it all the way back to 2000 for this one, Past the Cavassier. That was his big hit. He also did the rap intro for Pussycat Dolls, Don't You Wish, Your Girlfriend. Uh, he did. He worked with them. You know, a lot of what happened with hip hop, I feel like in the last 10 years was everyone works with everybody and you don't know whose song it even is. It's like Pussy Dolls featuring Buster Rhymes remixed by, you know, Switch and Diplo. And, you know, it's like Timbaland. I don't know who is even on this, but Busta worked with Janet Jackson. They had a duet. He... You're right. He's around. He's filtered around. I think he's more famous, more than anything, for that friggin' face. I mean, the guy is just <laughs> a weird-looking dude. I mean, he is he's a living cartoon character. He could have his own horror movie franchise <laughs> with a mug like that. And in the Pepsi ad, they actually did a fisheye lens on his mouth as if you need that. Right, yeah. <laughs> they really can distort his looks. I mean, he's got a, a wide face anyway, but they can distort his looks so it just it really does look inhuman, and he's just leering 
leering, and that leer can look sexual or it can look scary or 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 comical. I'm not sure what it's malleable, but it's his appeal is a strange one to be sure. I have something to ask you guys. You mentioned in the last podcast that they spared LL Cool J a death because he said he might consider coming back for the next one. Do you think this might have been the role earmarked for him? And when he read it, he said, "Uh, uh-uh. maybe." I don't know. Well, there's nothing about this role that says we need to hire a rapper. Nothing at all. He doesn't rap. He's not in the music business. He's not even very street until the end. We'll get there. <laughs> but for the most part, this could have been played in multiple different ways by any way. And the fact that they went to a rap star in a series that largely up until this point has not even featured black characters is bizarre to me. Mm. It is a strange choice. And the whole thing is, though, they're just trying to make this so for the kids. And I really think it is that a bunch of suits sat around and just threw names at a dartboard with hip hop stars. Yes. Because they wanted to bring in the youth. We're like, let's spin the wheel of youth fortune. Internet. Reality TV. Buster Rhymes. Go write a script. Yeah. No, it's very very desperate in that way. It definitely feels like we're losing our hold on the youth market, and so we have to revitalize it by throwing in whatever's hip. Buster Rhymes was never that hip, I I would make the argument, but he was probably cheap. (laughs) And he is, you know, he's willing to go there. He works with everyone. And he's a Miramax player. He was in Finding Forrester, another Miramax film. Okay. I mean, he was- Maybe he had a contract he had to fulfill or something. He had three picture dealers something that he had to yeah. do. He, at any rate, he's the one that they bring in to be the mastermind of Dangertainment, a shoddily run reality internet-based, not even television, internet-based show that Alright, what's the thinking here? I don't know. We're going to hire a bunch of kids for money? Were they being paid? I couldn't Scholarships. Scholarships. We're going to give kids scholarships if they'll spend a night in the Myers house, tooling around in the dark with cameras on their shoulders and flashlights, looking at strollers, beds, and, you know, plastic skeletons. You know, I want to know what his business model is, because I've Mm. been in internet business for a while now. The monetization is isn't there. There were no pop-up ads on his site. I want to know where he got the bandwidth. In 2002, cable modems weren't even that prevalent. Where's he feeding this from? How is he getting all these millions of hits? What's his advertising model? I really want to know. They even make that joke, though. The the nerdy kid from American Pie, I don't even remember his character's name. He's barely in it. As they're walking in the house, says, have you thought about product placement? And the guy hadn't. (laughs) (laughs) You're walking into the house and you haven't? I mean, these people People didn't sign waivers. These people, there's no security. Yeah, exactly. It's it's their one techie guy gets killed 24 hours prior and Busta doesn't notice. Can I say that two things again? Also, first of all, they spent, what, a million dollars on that van? No startup web company would have that van <laughs> with all those monitors and everything. That's like professional <laughs> news crew CNN level shit. Right. But second of all, this actually has happened. There is a TV show on Sci-Fi Network where people go in with cameras strapped to their heads like Blair Witch into haunted houses and think they see ghosts and shit. I yeah, mean, ghost hunters. Sure, yeah. everyone knows one. Yeah. But th- you have to build that. I mean, that's not just watching in real time. It's a different
difference between we're going to use that footage to build a documentary about this haunted wine cellar as opposed to for the next 12 hours, all you're going to see is a flashlight in an attic of a small house. <laughs> right. It's a, it's a live feed as opposed to gathering stuff to make a documentary. Feed. There's no documentary history about what happened in the house or anything else. There's no Geraldo Rivera, you know, that you they've done this even prior to the Internet. Geraldo Rivera was very famous for his, you know, busting into Capone's vault and finding it empty. And and there was these tricks have existed for a while. You know, there was a lot of documentaries in the 90s about alien autopsies and crash sites. And I understand the appeal of that. But when you talk about short attention span youth sitting in front of their computers and watching kids tool around in the dark with flashlights in a not particularly large house for 12 hours with no stimulus there. I mean, it doesn't... Well, wait a second. Wait a second. They did have stimulus, which also drove me nuts because as they started walking around this house, the, the, the chef kid noticed the spices were fresh. That didn't tip him off. I mean, why would Michael put the spices in there? And then as they keep going on and on and on, I'm like, there's no way in hell this thing isn't rigged to scare the crap out of the kids. Oh, I get... It's completely obvious. Now, how come none of these kids realized that they're going to have a Michael Myers clone in there eventually try to attack them. That actually was a turning point for me. The moment that the cook and everything has to be filtered by the through the fact that he is a cook. They're walking around a house. Can you imagine you're walking around a house where there have been multiple murders. They've raised a mass murderer in it. And the first thing he does is open a jar of fennel and goes, it's fresh. I mean, <laughs> you know you're not going to get good TV out of this guy. <laughs> in defense of Busta's character here, I think that Michael did replenish the spice racks because he's cooking the, the rack. I mean, we saw that Michael's <laughs> eating rats later on, and that was not a prop. And, you know, you can't have a rat without a little cumin. I want no. you to send me that recipe, uh, Arnie. Yeah, I want please. you to send me the Arnie, uh, fennel and roti. Didn't the rat squeak? Yeah, it did. So that he wasn't <laughs> cooking shit, man. He was just eating it raw. No, fillet. Have you never filleted a fish? The fish is still alive when you're cutting the meat out. So you're telling me Michael's dinner was interrupted to go kill the kids? And yeah, pretty plate? much. He just wanted to be a nice little hermit in his house so, now that his family was dead and have some fiddle and rat. Okay. What you're really saying is Busta Rhymes had the wrong model. This should have been Top Chef. Yes. <laughs> exactly. so let, me, let me just get this straight. So he's sitting there eating his dinner. He's eating his rat and said, oh, crap, I left the fennel upstairs in the kitchen. And he goes upstairs and shit. Oh, my God, there's people in my house. I'll kill them. But my dinner's getting cold. Warm, actually. <laughs> it's getting warm. It's bleeding out. Whatever he wants to say it doesn't make any sense so no michael myers did not replace the spice rack but also there's tons of stuff all over this house still you would think they would first thing that you would take out of a mass murderer's house with the evidence people would be the knives out of the drawers but no well those bust are put back uh, uh, clearly that's my point however kids did not even occur to them at all that all this stuff is in the house is planted there now one of them thought that because wouldn't it have been really great if only one of them thought that i know i know i know i know i know i know i always write rewrite these things when they don't make any sense but if one of those katie sackhoff could think you know all the stuff being here is really really creepy and kind of convenient i think they're going to try to kill us and i'm going to try to top them and then of course it gets reversed on her when the actual murder 
Emperor is there. That'd be a little more interesting. But it's like the Shaggy and Scooby thing. They don't realize if this is a ghost town, why is the refrigerator stocked with food? It never occurs to them either, you know? It's exactly the same problem. And all we needed is one person, one person in this house, the Rookie of the Year kid, I don't care who it was, to have a brain in their head to think and actually have that dichotomy in this movie to make it that much better. And they didn't even go there. Everyone in this movie is stupid, and it drives me nuts. Well, the the kid who realizes the arm says made in Taiwan is sort of fulfilling that role at some point. And you know what? He's the only one out of the whole bunch that I liked. I did like him. He had great lines. You know, lines that are completely wasted. Yeah. He was a funny guy. He's nice a he's the music when do they major. Open? Yeah, I love yeah. that line actually. And I actually like the the response. Screwing a music major would be tantamount to lesbianism. It's uh, I, I hated that character, but um, he <laughs> is the one out of the how many people are in the house? Six. six, six. Yeah, he's the one out of the six that I could actually go with. Everyone else is dull, and I didn't even understand the whole casting process. They're they're just randomly picked off the internet. Three of them already know each other. They're friends. They go to Haddonfield University, and I'm like, this is how you put together a reality show? Three friends and three other people? Uh, Well, it looks like Busta's budget does not include airfare from outside of Haddonfield. Well, I I really, I don't understand the model here. These kids that grew up in Haddonfield, well, chances are they already know the house. They already know what happened. And then after they've been picked, they go in and tape interviews. I'm like, the movie should have begun with their interviews. And then that's how they meet. It it seemed backwards, right from the get-go. Bizarre. And I'm not sure why they chose to set it up that way. And then, yeah, they're all stuffed in this house. And really, after an hour, there's nothing new for them to do i mean they see a stroller and oh my god michael was tied up in his high chair when he was fed as a baby that must be why he turned out to be a killer i mean you have to have them discovering real things to make you understand michael i mean that's the only way this premise is going to work if they're really unearthing clues about the origins of michael myers then this premise can work if they're not, if they're just tooling around in the dark and looking at bibs and, and coloring books that have, you know, colored outside the lines, I'm not going to conclude, oh, that's why he went crazy. I'm going to say you're wasting my time. Yeah, really. I mean, after 20 years, there's not going to be anything to find there. And it made me really roll my eyes every time somebody said they're trying to find out what made Michael Myers a killer. I'm like, you're <laughs> not going to find it for crying out loud. Certainly not in the spice rat. Loomis didn't find it in 20 <laughs> years of psychoanalysis. You're not going to find it in a chained up crib. Yeah. Go ask Paul Rudd across the street if you want to know what's going on. But these (laughs) kids are not going to tell you. So we all agree that's crazy. There's a whole other element we haven't even talked about yet is the lead lady in this movie is internet friends with a teenage boy who not only is into this and watching it at a party he's at, but he's communicating with her through a PDA throughout the movie. And not only did not have a payoff at the end, but we'll get there. It just seemed to me that it was only there so she'd have an upper hand on Michael later. Yes. But really, but it just didn't work for me. I didn't like that whole part. It just seems so contrived. It works exactly in one moment. And that is, yes, that 
once she's finally the last one standing and right. in the loan with the corpses trying to get out, which how hard is it to get out of a house where there's windows in every <laughs> room, but she's trying to get out. He's texting her helpful things like go out the window. You know, he's in the so hallway. That, yeah. He's in the hallway. Yeah. He's coming for you. He's still alive. It felt very aliens, you know, with, the, with the, wow. the way they knew where the aliens were and the person remotely saying, you know, they're coming after you. I, I, I got an aliens thing off of it. The whole thing is i i really just wish that michael myers would go to that party where everybody was watching the tv and kill them oh my god yes that was so obviously going to happen right that there's a frat party where these freshmen are attending everyone is deplorable and so they sneak off and and are watching the uh, myers thing unfold on the internet and then slowly everyone in the party pulls into the room and is watching it they obviously have to be brought into it, right? They're not just going to sit there. We're not going to just watch a movie where half the time we're watching people watch the movie. Yes, that's what <laughs> yes, they did. Are. Yes, yes, yeah. we are. Yeah. That seemed incredibly bizarre to me. You, you brought up American Pie earlier. That was in American Pie. It was a big scene in American Pie, if you remember, the internet camera thing. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's where they got that idea as well. You know, it's like that's something kids do. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, but it, it, was, it, it, was, it was making a very boring movie even more tedious. And I felt this movie was so dated because those freshmen went in dressed like the guys from Pulp Fiction and you know it's funny that this is the most recent of the Halloween movies other than the latest remake and yet it's the one that felt most dated already it just it, even though it was made this decade it just screamed 90s to me yeah it well it, yeah it yeah. definitely I mean and never forget the fact that Halloween has now fallen into the hands of Dimension who made Scream and who at that time was Weinstein's in Pulp Fiction so that you see those influences in here is not by accident. Well, you couldn't have the kids dress up as Shakespeare in love, you know? Oh, it had to be yeah. it had to be something yeah. that would work. Yes. Better. Agreed, agreed. Freddy Krueger, Jason Voorhees. And Dimension did oh, not have yeah. Blair Witch, but they clearly, clearly wanted to be Blair Witch. I'd like to talk about Blair Witch just for a moment to compare why this one fails so utterly. Blair Witch was effective precisely because the perspective was limited to what had been taped. And so it... it it's like watching a snuff movie. We're only seeing what might have been recorded on the spot. It's very limited. We have hints of danger coming, but we don't step out of that perspective and we don't really know what happened. If the movie had relied more on the footage of each character walking around, you would have that perspective. But most of the movie does not occur in that reality camera setting. Most of it is told as, as any regular horror movie is told. And then they insert those that stuff in very badly, edited in very badly, very distractingly, just flashes of it. So you never have the sense of it being a real horror event occurring in real time. It never feels like it's happening in real time. Which is the same problem Blair Witch 2 had, for that matter. Absolutely. And it's arguable which one was worse. But that is a problem, greatly. You can actually, interestingly enough, I rented the DVD, you can actually watch the movie told entirely through those perspectives. Really? They have a quote-unquote Blair Witch cut of it. It's unwatchable. You can watch from beginning from them walking into the house until the end of the movie as told only by their cameras. And how is that? I didn't see that. It's unwatchable. 
I couldn't, uh, after 10 minutes, I'm like, there's nothing here. I mean, and I'm not going to claim that the Blair Witch Kids were, were totally relatable or that interesting or weren't contemptible in their own ways, but they did pull you in in a way that this, these casts weren't relating to each other. And there's nothing for them to discover. It's one thing to wander around woods for days, to wander around a, what, six-bedroom house, maybe at most. That's not going to occupy 45 minutes of time. Separate thought. Why was there a trap door in the basement? I wanted to know that because that house <laughs> not only had a trap door, but an entire labyrinth of catacombs underneath. Right. You know, yeah. it took away from the fact that in the very first movie you see the Myers house, it could be your house. That's the whole thing. My house is not up top some French catacombs. No. <laughs> yeah, it was starting to feel like one of those games like Mist or something when the, when the trap door opened up where I'm like, okay, this is just like a multiplayer puzzle game or something like there's so many half-baked ideas here yeah. that it, it it felt like a story being motivated by what they could throw in and not what would happen next. I mean, why on earth, if we were to go back to the original Halloween and Michael Myers, would the Myers family have a trap door with a secret uh, rooms underneath the house? That said, in this continuity, we don't know what Michael was doing for 20 years. Maybe he was doing construction. Yeah. Clearly. Uh, he had 20 years and a shovel and a hacksaw. <laughs> I don't know. It, the whole thing is just... And did we already agree that all six of these people are completely unlikable in the house? No. No, I am going to stick my neck out for Jim. Jim, the music major, is the one character I liked. And I'll stand by him. I thought he was funny. He was the right mix of dorky and cool. He was dorky. He couldn't get the girl. But he still had good lines. And he, he sort of got it. He didn't get worked up about... What what they were doing the way the other people did. I mean, the main character gets indignant. Sarah, when she finally finds out that she's been tricked by Buster Rhymes and that this is all faked because, of course, she'd much rather go into a house with the implements of real murders lying around. <laughs> um, she's going to quit and they're just going to walk away from this. I don't understand the indignity. I mean, I think most people would just be happy to be on camera and to play along. I, I don't think most people actually want their lives to be put in danger on re reality-based entertainment. Can we skip to the end? Oh, no, actually, there's one thing that pisses me off, though. I hate Tyra Banks. I cannot stand Tyra Banks as a living, breathing person. If there's anyone I ever want to see killed, perhaps in a real snuff film, or at very least in a horror film, it's Tyra Banks. And That's they don't terrible. give me that. <laughs> it's terrible are to say about You are so fierce. <laughs> yeah, seriously. I mean, I'm not a fan of Tyra Banks either, but I don't wish death upon her. But in, in, in this movie, we don't even get to see her get killed. We just see no, she was dead. That is such a ripoff because I'm watching this movie opening cards. I'm like, Tyra, I get to see Tyra killed. And I don't. <laughs> it was the one thing I hoped for this whole movie. Wow. You know what? Let's just talk about the kills in general. I felt like this was severely lacking in even that base element that you want from a slasher film which is the re which is a good gory convincing icky kill i mean most of them are not memorable i can't even remember how most of these characters died i, I mean the I, cook, death I just remember the cook breaking up pepper like literally here's a mass murderer coming at you with a knife and you're gonna open up a jar of pepper and throw it in his it's eye it's burger time <laughs> arnie did you just say burger time <laughs> <laughs> uh, i 
love it. One of my very favorite video games and a forgotten one, I would like to say, an underrated. Uh, yes, you're right. That is how you stop the attacking <laughs> eggs. Maybe that was what they were referencing. But I just felt like in general, wow, you're making a horror movie. And the least you could do is give us some evocative death scenes. I hated the tripod death. I yeah. have a lot of tripods here. I do a lot of photography. None of them turn into self-defense spikes. But it is so convenient he kept the camera upright the entire time he was impaling the guy so the shot never turned upside down. Yeah, and that is a ripoff of a real movie. <laughs> Not that this isn't a real movie. <laughs> uh, there's a movie that was made in the same year as Psycho that uh, you, you can find many big film aficionados worshipping and calling, along with Psycho, one of the advents of the serial killer genre. And that movie was called Peeping Tom. And it was about a character who had a camera, who it had such a device on it. And the whole point was he wanted to capture the face of death as he killed them. It's a total lift off that. I mean, tripods do tend to have one sticking thing for dirt i mean that that's true but the idea that the man wouldn't i don't know yeah it, it was a uh, unconvinced if that was the best death uh, and they ripped it off of a 40 year old movie and gave us no blood they're not doing it right it was the most memorable kill it just felt to me like they were really trying to friday the 13th it where every death has to be different we're gonna crush the skull we're gonna use a knife to cut a woman's head off i want to know what kind of knife that was because i have trouble using my sharpest knife to cut a beef tenderloin if it could cut whose head got cut off I can't even remember. Blondes, Katie Sackhoff. Oh. I forget okay. her character's name. She was in Starbuck. Yeah, Starbucks. Her- I like that death the most with her head rolling down and stuff like that. Oh, yes. I, yeah. Oh, yes. I remember that now. Yes. But it seemed to me like it was no longer a Halloween film. It really did. At this point, it could have been Friday the 13th. And instead of investigating Meyer's house, they could have been investigating Camp Blood. You know, it just really it had nothing to it other than the score that made this a Halloween film at this point. Actually, I would argue it stopped being a Halloween film earlier than that because I completely didn't care. I mean, Michael Myers was in this movie, but to me, it didn't feel like a Halloween movie at all, especially after the first 20 minutes after the whole Jamie Lee thing was over. After that point, it didn't feel like a Halloween movie to me at all. I agree, Brock. The the first alarm is that, yeah, when we're being introduced to the kids and I'm like, I don't want to go here with them. At the first sniff of fennel, I'm really worried. But (laughs) nothing that we've talked about, nothing that we've talked about at all prepares us for when when we hit rock bottom and I mean it's as bad as this series has ever done us part six or our silver shamrock mass that hatch snakes out of kids faces any of that the absurdity of any of that is at least matched when we have Buster Rhymes, Kung Fu Master, busting <laughs> in on Michael Myers and saying, trick or treat, motherfucker. I think it's hit as bad as it can get at that point. I, I couldn't believe it. I just couldn't no. believe it. I, earlier in the movie, it's set up because you see him watching a Jackie Chan film. But you don't expect him to start taking a broken shovel handle and using it like a bow stick and literally ninja chopping Michael Myers. But I have to say, it took him eight movies to get to trick or treat motherfucker really i mean that's so obvious it took him eight movies well at least she got that out of this movie i i didn't want it <laughs> uh, i didn't want anything that they were doing when when we get to the end and i'm in active revolt against this movie i mean they bust out a chainsaw i'm like are you just trying to throw any reference to any horror movie now i mean i felt like there were these passing illusions buster rhymes character is named freddy and there's, you know, I, I, it felt very screamy to me, like we'll make these winking nods to other horror movie series. But when, yeah, when you have Michael Myers being fried in 
the crotch by the internet and Buster Rhymes doing karate chops and a uh, girl with a chainsaw, you've gone off the rails. You're, you've gone off the rails and are, are killing people as the train goes downhill. I mean, it's it's horrible the way this this ends up. It is. It is just absolutely astounding. And mm-hmm. what, what kills me, no pun intended, is that Michael kills everyone so thoroughly, decapitates them, impales them to walls. He stabs Busta once in the shoulder and walks away. I mean, yeah. it's like, you know Busta's getting back up. It was a shoulder stab. I mean, you decapitated the blonde. It's a relief to know that they weren't going to pick up from here. You know what I mean? Like, I shudder at the fact that had Mustafa continued on in this path, where they would go next? I mean, would it be Michael Myers' cyber Michael Myers, because now he lives in the internet. I mean, like were, Jason X. Yeah, Jason yes. X. Exactly. They were heading so far into that realm, and and Mustafa is so willing to go there all the time and just squeeze it more and more that it's a relief to know that they just stopped after this. Oh, you know what it could have been, actually? I think you might have been on the right path. If he's just grabbing onto whatever, only a couple years too late, he'd probably grab onto some of that J-horror, and it would be Michael Myers' ghost or something. (laughs) Coming out of the well. You're right. That's exactly what would have happened, because that was the next trend in horror movies, was, yes, every Japanese horror movie getting remade. Um, You're right. God, that's where (laughs) it would have gone. So you watch the internet, and 72 hours later, you'll die? Yeah, Yeah, he'll crawl out of your computer monitor. Ugh. Yeah. Let's stop. Yeah, it's clearly <laughs> yeah, I think so. going in a horrible direction. Yeah. Uh, Michael ends up being quote unquote chicken fried and and taken to uh, Comely Coroner, who you know of course unzips his body and his eyes open, and we're expected it's just going to keep going and going. And I am so glad that it's over. Yeah. You know it, something, Stuart? I'm not sure if your DVD had it, but there's alternate endings. I saw them. I like the one where he got the axe in the face the best, where the alternate ending. Buster Rhymes leans over Michael and goes, you chicken fried motherfucker. And then that's when Michael's eyes open. He reaches up and grabs Busta by the neck and the audience almost gets what they want, which is to see Busta die at this point mm-hmm. when Sarah hits Michael in the face with an axe and blood goes everywhere. The most fulfilling kill of all the movies was Sarah killing Michael there because it was nice and bloody and unexpected. All the movies. Or this movie. All the kills in this movie. Okay. Oh. All right. I, oh. I was going to really debate you on that one. No, in this movie. <laughs> the best one here. Yeah. But uh, I wouldn't say that it was an astounding visual effect or satisfying moment. It's only satisfying in the sense that we want this movie to be over. We don't <laughs> want Michael Myers terrorizing these people or really anybody. At this point, I'm Michaeled out. And I wouldn't dare dream of ever watching another one of these had they not decided to do what they did, which is to totally start over again again i mean this this series has more reboots than a bad windows pc it just it never stops starting over because they keep doing it wrong yeah they, yeah well i would argue that seven was a good reboot but yeah I would um, yeah but that they immediately it, fucked it up with eight is what i'm agrees. saying <laughs> i totally agree yeah yeah <laughs> if we're taking score right now i would argue see the first two and seven and don't bother with any of the others which is a less than half average they're not doing too well here i would say you know yeah i don't know you know i'd have to go back to listen to my recommend not recommend definitely the first two i like three even though it's not michael seven i'd recommend lower just because of the sheer boredom factor than some of the middle ones and, and we disagreed on that, and you can hear all that in the last podcast, but we had that conversation last time. So I guess we're at the point where we're at, Arnie Stewart, do you recommend Halloween Resurrection? Stewart. 
you know, no, uh, it's the obvious answer. I don't recommend Halloween Resurrection. I don't recommend giving your money or your time to people who are baiting you by saying, no matter what we do, no matter how a story transpires, we're always going to undo it and keep doing it again and again and again. I like storytelling, and they've ended the story here. When Jamie Lee Curtis was killed, they ended that story, and they didn't give me a new story to care about. They gave me a lame reality TV imitation of Blair Witch Project. I recommend Blair Witch Project it's after watching this one. Go watch that movie. Do not spend your time on this. Arnie. Not only do I not recommend this movie to our listeners, but some divine influence keeps trying to stop me from watching it. I want to interject a little anecdote. The very first time I ever watched this movie, I rented it on DVD, did not see it in theaters, took it home, and right around the time that Buster Rhymes says trick-or-treat motherfucker, the disc starts skipping com- tremendously. I have to drive back to the video store switch the discs come home and finish it and see that (laughs) oh so fulfilling ending this this time i'm watching the movie again this time from netflix and what happens right around the time of trick-or-treat motherfucker but i'll be damned if the disc doesn't start skipping like hell again and i had to turn to the internet to see the end of this movie so not only do i not recommend it to you but god is telling me to stop (laughs) watching it And funny enough, I had I had a similar problem with my Netflix disc as well. Perhaps the need to restock on Halloween Resurrection because mine skipped as well. I don't recommend this movie. If you listen to this podcast, you know why. I found it incredibly stupid. And it's unfortunate that all the goodwill they got from me from the last one was pissed away with this one. And it's a, it's a crying shame. It really is. There's very little of value here for a Halloween fan. And if you take in the journey of watching all these Halloween movies, to get to this point after having such a high point last time or a higher point last time is inexcusable. It's just lazy. So no, I don't recommend this movie at all. I would like to amend my recommendation. I recommend if you're a Halloween fan, you watch the first 20 minutes with Jamie Lee, a good 20 minutes, and then the moment Jamie Lee dies, hit stop and save yourself. Well, you would know because you had to watch it in pieces. So. <laughs> yeah, right. I kind of I agree believe- with you on that one, Arnie. I, I agree. If It's almost like a deleted scene. Yeah, if exactly. You, uh, it's, a, it's like an extra on a DVD. It's not real. It didn't really happen. It's not part of the story, but it, you might find it interesting to watch that moment. I can agree with you on both. I, I think I can agree with you on both of that one. Just watch it for a coda to the yeah. rest of the stuff. Yeah, okay. All right. All right, fair enough. If you like this podcast, please go to our website at www.nowplayingpodcast.com and download our other movies in our Halloween retrospective and our other retrospective series, The House of a Thousand Corpses, Friday the 13th, Star Trek, Terminator. If you like what you heard today, please leave a review for us on iTunes and you can send us an email at show at nowplayingpodcast.com to share your thoughts with us or go to our homepage and find a link to our forums where each of these movies is being discussed in their own threads. I want to thank Stuart and Arnie for joining me today. It's been a fun discussion. Thank you. Mm. And we will join you back here for Halloween, the Rob Zombie version, next time on Now Playing. What's the boogeyman? As a matter of fact, it was. Thank you for joining us for this installment of Now Playing's Halloween Retrospective. It's all over, my friends. If you enjoyed this podcast, you can listen to our other installments, as well as our Friday the 13th, House of a Thousand Corpses, Terminator, and Star Trek retrospective series at our website, nowplayingpodcast.com. Now Playing is a Venganza Media production and is not affiliated with Compass International, Universal Pictures, Galaxy International Pictures, Dimension Films, Miramax Films, or The Weinstein Company. 
Michael Myers, and all other Halloween characters and situations are copyright and trademarks of those companies, and no infringement is intended. My house is not up top some French catacombs. No. Mine is. No. Mine is. I have a, I also have um hedges in my backyard, which is a labyrinth. <laughs> Do they come to life like in the shining too? In yeah, the- in the shining, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Are they shaped like lions, and when you're not looking, they come after you? We're hoping to get a minotaur next year. Anyway. <laughs> and Boy, that scene. Lo- yeah, I know. That totally didn't work at all, did it? Not a bit. <laughs>